helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. seen one of those signs on a wall that says apply head here you know the not so subtle reminder that you may just be beating your head against a wall facts can do that to you at least when you try to ignore them it seems that facts have this tendency to come right back at you and if you're not careful well they'll get you right between the eyes such has been the state of affairs recently for many of our politicians and pundits we've recently had even more examples of lord acton's admonition that power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. From impeachment investigations to unconstitutional policies, from the imposition of regulations to the denial of rights, the exercise of unchallenged power is everywhere. With facts on our side, I believe we can stand against the tyranny and secure the blessings of liberty for all of us. Hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution we teach the rising generation to be free. We are returning the Constitution to its rightful owners, we the people of the United States. And I'm so glad you could join me today as we're going to take a look at some, uh, well, let's say facts that have come back and bit people squarely in the backside. Now, of course, you're all familiar with the fact that uh, there's an, an impeachment investigation in the House into the actions of now President Joseph R. Biden. And uh, I, I believe this is a proper way to go. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of rhetoric and I've seen a lot of, um, uh, you know, people claiming they're going to file articles of impeachment, some people filing articles of impeachment. But here what we have is an inquiry, an investigation. And part of what I like about this is the idea that with the investigation comes the ability to, well, investigate, to actually deal less with, with rhetorics and politics and see if we can find the facts. Now, listen, I'm no fool. I know facts have little import when it comes to politics. But as these facts come out, hopefully we, the people, will, will, will be just a little better educated about uh, how we exercise our right to vote in the upcoming elections. Now, I bring this up for a couple of reasons, right? Because, and... um. I've heard a lot of people misquote, misidentify what's actually going on. Um, not the idea that that is it. It is a um, an investigation, an inquiry. But they say, well, you know, Biden will never be impeached because the Senate will never impeach him. Well, the Senate doesn't impeach. See, it's the House that impeaches. An impeachment is like an indictment, and that's solely the purview of the House. See, under Article 1, Section 2, Clause 5, I believe, it says the House shall choose their speaker and other offices and have the sole power of impeachment. So if this inquiry goes anywhere, um, then and, and the, the House decides, yes, they will impeach President Biden, uh, that's solely a function of the House. Now, the Senate does have a role in sec article 1 section 3 clause 6 i think it says the senate shall have the sole power to try all impeachments meaning yes if president biden is impeached i doubt he will be convicted because well let's realize that that impeachment has become a political football and it is unlikely that uh, you will get uh, was a two-thirds 
of the senators to actually vote to convict Biden of impeachment, being that um, you know the Democrats have a small majority. It's but here's the question I want. It's you know when they when they impeached President Trump twice, um, he was found not guilty in the um, in the trial in the Senate, but they still refer to him as the impeached President Donald Trump. At least some people do. So it's facts matter, details matter. Let's let's get these correct. Um, you know, potentially, you know, with this investigation, enough will come to light that senators will look at their their oath to the Constitution and uh, put that above their loyalty to their party. I'm just not holding my breath. But then we heard, uh, was it uh, over the weekend, I guess it was, that uh, Senator Bob Menendez from New Jersey has been indicted. A, a federal grand jury in New York uh, indicted him for uh, having uh, corrupt relationships along with his wife with three New Jersey businessmen who were actually named in the indictment. So it's actually, uh, I guess it's both Mr. Menendez and his wife that, that you know, they're looking at things like luxury cars. Gold bars, um, a, a you know an, a, a, an apartment that he and his wife um, are involved. It it looks like a mess. But again, this is an indictment. You know they've indicted Trump for he's got four indictments against him, but all that is is an accusation. Again, facts are stubborn things, and we need to keep those facts in mind. Just as Mr. Menendez has not been found guilty. He's innocent until proven guilty. He has his right to his day in court. And uh, so does Mr. Trump and and vice versa. If you believe that that Trump deserves his day in court, you really should believe that Mr. Menendez deserves his day in court. And if these indictments turn out to be corrupt, then there should be legal ramifications for the the district attorney or U.S. attorney, I guess, in this case, because it's a federal grand jury that uh, manipulated the system to do so. That's the the thing with facts is we need to apply them, the facts and the law equally. If you believe that Mr. Trump deserves his day in court, you believe Mr. Menendez, you should believe Mr. Menendez deserves his day in court and vice versa. If you believe Mr. Menendez deserves his day in court, you should also believe that Mr. Trump deserves his day in court. Sadly, that seems to be pretty rare in our media and our punditry class. But um, to me, it's important that we maintain these uh, standards, these understandings of innocent until proven guilty, of uh, uh, you know, having a, uh, a judicial standard that involves due process, that protects the rights of the individual. And while we're speaking of impeachments, there were, uh, there were uh, in Wisconsin, there were articles of impeachments filed against uh, the uh, Election Commission the administrator of the election commission, Megan Wolf. Uh, there, there was a, back in or last week, um, Republican assembly members presented both houses of the legislature with a resolution containing 15 specific articles of impeachment accusing Ms. Wolf of maladministration of office. Now, again, this is, is some important facts here. This is not under the impeachment clauses of the Constitution of the United States. This is a state matter. Uh, is maladministration of office mean or, or cause for impeachment under the Wisconsin Constitution? I don't know. 
I haven't read and studied the, the Wisconsin Constitution. Uh, I'd have to do a lot more research to see if that's the case. But just as with um, Mr. Trump, or Mr. Biden in this case, um, articles have been filed, but they've not been voted on. So she hasn't even been officially accused, or I should say indicted, impeached on these, uh, this supposed maladministration of office. Again, I don't know the details. I really don't have the time to get into the details. But what I want to show you is how these facts and details matter. Um, inquiries are just an investigation. Impeachment is an accusation, rather like an indictment. And as, as the lawyer Joe goes, you know, a good prosecutor can get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich. So the fact that there are indictments issued is not, it, it, yes, it's a big thing from an image standpoint, but from a legal standpoint, not that much. It's not hard. As I understand grand juries, only the prosecution shows up. The defense has no role in this, so there's no other side, no rest of the story, uh, simply the prosecutor laying out their case, which, of course, they're going to push very hard if they're before a grand jury to show that uh, they have a very good case against the accused, and we have to wait for the trial to figure out a bit more of what's going on. These are all important facts I think we need to keep in mind as we look at what's been going on, what will continue to go on, and even some of the articles that uh, we'll be talking about later in this episode. Uh, but let's shift gears for just a second, because uh, recently uh, President Biden announced that he's determined to send a clear message on something. And I think he is sending a very clear message. See, he's announced a, an, a White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention uh, with the purpose of passing gun safety legislation at the state level. Now, what is the message he's sending? Well, President Biden has repeatedly sent the message that he wishes to disarm the American people. He wants them dependent on government for their own safety and protection. This is evidence for everything from legislation he supported in the past to his infamous, you know, if someone is trying to break into your house, take your double barrel shotgun, go out on the porch. He's told his wife to go out on the porch and, and shoot both, both barrels in the air and that'll scare him off. That's his idea of defending yourself. So here we have, but, but there's some more facts in here that we need to take a look at. Um, first of all, um, where does the White House get the authority to create a gun violence prevention office? So I don't know of any legislation that authorizes the White House to create an, an office of gun violence protection, much less fund it. Where is he getting the funding? Where's the appropriations for the White House to fund a gun violence prevention uh, office? But Paul, he's trying to keep us all safe. Um, where in the Constitution is the federal government authorized to keep us safe? Safe from invasion? Yes. Um, safe from local criminals? No. It's not a power delegated to the United States, which shouldn't be a surprise because the administrations for decades have simply ignored the Constitution and made up stuff as they go along. Now, again, the examples of gun safety, you know, when we're talking about gun safety, it's a nice euphemism. What do you mean by gun safety? I exercise gun safety in, in, in how I, I store my firearms, in how I carry my firearms, in how I treat my firearms. I've been taught since I was a young lad how to safely handle guns. That is almost never what 
the, you know, someone like a Joe Biden is talking about. Joe Biden has never talked about making sure that, you know, uh, uh, people are trained to safely have firearms or to be safe around with children or how, how to safely use them to protect things like our schools, our homes, our malls, our churches. No, no, no. His gun safety legislation, every example he's used in the past, has been about taking away the right protected by the Constitution for you to keep and bear arms so that you can live in a free state, whether that be to protect you from four-legged critters, two-legged criminals, or two-legged tyrants in Washington, D.C. But you see, he's sending a clear message, and what that message is, is, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the mafioso, you will do what I say. So again, he has no legal authority to create this. He simply signed an executive order. Ta-da! We're going to have a, we're going to create this office. Now, if you check out the website, earlier this week I posted an article and a video about the, the role of executive orders. Um, the executive orders are how the president enacts the powers actually delegated to him, whether by the Constitution or by the laws, to execute the laws of the United States not to just simply make up stuff because he wants it. Right? This is just another example of, you know, damn the Constitution, full speed ahead. And in this case, it's to, um, it's to deprive American citizens of their rights. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people, I believe, who should not legally be allowed to own guns. And in most cases, they're not legally allowed to own guns. Then again, it really hasn't stopped them, has it? But notice the 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 type, and again, we haven't seen what's going to come out here. But all of the gun, quote unquote, gun safety proposals that uh, Mr. Biden has supported, or this this office is going to be led by uh, VP Harris that she has supported, have all involved depriving law-abiding citizens of their rights without due process of law. These are these are hard facts. Just just look at the history. It's it's rarely about hey you're a criminal um you've been denied you've lost you've been adjudicated a criminal a felon maybe you've been denied you, you've lost your right to keep and bear arms so we're going to punish you for it these always seem to be making everyday American citizens harder for them to exercise their right to keep and bear arms and in some cases flat out denying their right to keep and bear arms and these are facts. And they're inconvenient facts. But the question is, you know, if these facts are unconstitutional, then those acts are void. Again, not my words. Read Federalist Paper 78, Alexander Hamilton. Or look up uh, Marbury versus Madison, Ex parte Siebold, or Norton v. Shelby County. Opinions of the Supreme Court, all stating that unconstitutional acts are void. This act is, un this act is unconstitutional. Again, where is the president getting his authority under Article 2 of the Constitution to create this office and to do so by edict rather than by, um, uh, th than by law? And then lastly, where does it say the federal government gets to influence states how to, ex how to create and exercise their laws? The answer is it doesn't. Because you notice, he says the purpose of this, gun, of this, this office is to uh, help pass gun safety legislation at the state level, meaning the federal government interfering with the legitimate operations of the state, including the writing and passing of legislation. Again, these are these are facts that are kind of once you see them, well, they should be smacking you right in the face. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Now, 
tell you what I'm going to do about it. I'm going, I'm actually reaching out to my, my state legislators and my governor and saying, you know, if you go along with this uh, infringement, this violation of the constitution, you've proven yourself unqualified for office, then becomes my job and my duty to find somebody that will actually fulfill their oath to support the Constitution of Tennessee and the Constitution of the United States. Make very clear, my, my decision-making process starts with, are you following the constitutions of our state and of the United States? And if the answer is no, after that, it doesn't matter. Because if I can't trust you to fulfill your oath to support the constitutions, I can't trust you to do anything. Now, I have to stop here and take a quick break. Before I do, though, please check out the website, constitutionstudy.com. I've added some new features. Please check out the boot camp. Go to constitutionstudy.com slash boot camp. It's absolutely free. You, it's about a one-hour video. There's a short test at the end. And if you pass the test, well, you'll receive an invitation to join the Patriots program. But again, it's absolutely free. I think you'll find it interesting. It'll give you tools that you can use today to begin protecting your rights. So please go to constitutionstudy.com slash bootcamp, check it out, and then sign up and take the class. I really do think you'll find it very beneficial. Also, do you have a hard time sleeping? You, you know, do you need help falling asleep, staying asleep? Maybe want to sleep deeper so you can wake up refreshed? Well, then I suggest you reach for Healthy Cells REM Sleep Supplement. It is the only sleep supplement designed to support all four stages of sleep. Now, you can get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell if you use the code out loud at checkout. You can find out more at americaoutloud.shop, but please use the code out loud at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. In 2008, People could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. 
Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Today, we're talking about facts being stubborn things. And before we went to break, I was talking about the, the message that Joe Biden wants to say. He said he's determined to send a clear message to the American people. And that message appears to be, uh, we're coming for your guns. Now, it's not simply the fact that he created an illegal office without any uh, I believe any congressional authorization using money I don't think was ever appropriate for that purpose, but that he has a history of attempting to take guns away from people. Now, Dr. John Lott, he's done some interesting work. He's actually a statistician, but he's done a lot of work on the effects of different gun laws and gun, and, and, and gun control policies. And uh, he's being interviewed on One American News Network about some recent uh, stuff done by the uh, Biden administration and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Dr. John Lott is speaking out in an op-ed with Kentucky Congressman Thomas Massey saying that the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, or ATF, has promulgated new regulations aimed at formulating a national gun registry. This is based on the agency's interpretation of legislation passed last year called the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. And Dr. John Lott, president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, how would this new regulation on gun purchases work to create a national gun registry, sir? What the uh, Biden administration's doing is that they're reinterpreting what it means to be a licensed firearms dealer. So they say, they're gonna say you're a licensed, you need to have a license to be a firearms dealer, if you sell one gun and talk to somebody about possibly selling a second gun, or if you uh, sell a gun and you have keep a record on what you paid for it and how much you got paid for the gun, even just one gun would classify you as a firearms dealer in that case. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the process, there's what's called an FFL, a federal firearms licensee. The federal government requires if you have the if you're in the business of selling firearms, you have to get a license from the federal government. Right, there's already infringement on your right to keep and bear arms when you say, well, I have to get a license to even buy and sell. And generally, that has been people who do this for a living. Right. So if you see a gun store, they are a federal firearm. They're supposed to be, right? It's not illegal, but they're supposed to be a federal firearm licensee in FFL. And there's lots of paperwork requirements. And um, Mr. Lott doesn't go into it in the interview, but uh, the idea of this gun registry. But if you buy a firearm from this, this FFL, uh, you fill out what's called a 4473. It's the form to get your background check. That includes information about, well, who you are and what firearms you're purchasing. Now, by federal law, when that FFL connects in or calls in, depending on how they do it, for your background check, 
the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms does the background check, they're supposed to dispose of that information. I believe that's it's after 30 days. But they also require the FFL to retain that information for the entire life of the FFL. In other words, until they go out of business, they have to keep a copy of your 4473. Oh, and what happens to that 4473 when they go out of business? Yeah, they turn it over to the federal government. So even though the federal government is prohibited from having a gun registry, these are little ways they've gone around to, so that they know where as many of the guns are as possible. Uh, but there's another little twist to this that, that, that uh, Mr. Lott, Dr. Lott talks about. Now, this is something that the Alcohol Bureau of Alcohol, uh, Tobacco and Firearms, ATF, has, this is, as I understand, this is a proposal. They put this out, and I think there's a, a comment period, so potentially people could... I guess, uh, contact uh, the ATF and uh, make their views known. Is that correct? That's right. Right now it's a comment period. They have a 108-page set of proposed regulations uh, to define what a licensed firearms dealer is. So it's very complicated. Uh, Lots of ways to try to make sure they've caught every possible person that could be a a firearms dealer in, in their definition. So did you notice, this is not a law. This is a regulation, a proposed regulation. In other words, the ATF is simply pulling stuff out of their backsides and trying to use that to impose Biden's clear message on the American people. We're going to make it difficult. We're going to, if you, if you, I love it. If you so much as sell a gun and you kept track of what you paid for it to see if you made money or lost money, suddenly you're a, a firearms dealer. Imagine, 10 years ago, you buy a gun, and uh, you're a collector. You like the gun, you hold on to it for a while, and then someone comes along, and they offer you a really fair price. So as a collector, you sell them the gun. You say, oh, well, I paid this, and I sold it for that. According to the uh, ATF's proposed regulations, they want you to have to require to get a a federal firearms license with hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in, in fees and costs, simply because you actually kept track of whether or not uh, of what you bought and sold your own property for. But these are regulations. These are not laws. And I don't know if these law, these regulations are even legal, much less. I know they're, they're not constitutional, but that's a whole nother issue. But here's the rest of those. Some, remember those facts, those being stubborn things. Here's some more facts about uh, the Biden administration, the ATF and federal firearms licensees. What's going on right now is kind of bizarre because at the same time, uh, the Biden administration wants to force essentially everybody to become a a licensed firearms dealer and pay the fees to the federal government. Uh, At the same time they're doing that, they're they're putting uh, firearms dealers out of business. Uh, There was a case for a a man in northern Texas where uh, 15 and 16 years ago, he had made trivial paperwork mistakes, essentially the guy had dyslexia and had transposed two letters and like the county name that were there. The Biden administration has gone back and reopened those two cases from 15 and 16 years ago and are using them to take away his uh, firearms license. So it's a case of harassment of some firearms dealers. Is that what you're saying? Well, they put thousands of firearms dealers out of business uh, over the last two years. Now, what do you think is the reasoning behind 
making more and more people federal firearms licensees while you're actively trying to put federal firearms licensees out of business. Just imagine, you're that same person, right? You you bought a gun 10 years ago. You're a collector. Someone made you an offer, you sold the gun. The federal government says you need to be an FFL. So you fill out paperwork on it. And you make a slight clerical, I mean, a slight clerical mistake. We're talking, in this case in Texas, I believe, the, 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 the person transposed two letters in the county name because he's dyslexic. And even though this was 15 years ago and the case was closed, the Biden administration now reopened the case to go after this guy. See, to me, it seems quite logical that, well, if we can put FFLs out of business, if we make more people be FFLs and then say, you cannot purchase weapons because, well, you're not a valid, you, you, you would qualify as an FFL, but you're not qualified because you did some paperwork snafu. That's a great way to make it, not only to put people out of business, to make it harder for them to um, exercise in the lawful business of firearm sales, but it's a really great way to make it harder and harder for people to actually purchase firearms. Because think about it. If you're a business person and the federal government's coming to put you out of business, how long do you want to fight them? How many people will simply say, I'm just not going to fight them anymore. It's not worth the risk. And then you turn around and say, well, we're going to turn everybody we can into an FFL. And they turn and say, well, it's not worth the risk. I remember at one time, I actually considered getting, getting an FFL um, for other reasons, right? Nothing illegal. It had to do with purchasing firearms across state lines. And uh, I thought about it until I started doing some research and realizing, oh, if I do that, if I just have an FFL and I decide that I'm going to run it out of my home, I basically give up my Fourth Amendment protections to my entire home to the ATF because they have the right to, without a warrant, according to the law, without a warrant to simply search my place to make sure I'm following all the rules and regulations. Now, to me, that's a Fourth Amendment violation, but that's the current state of affairs. So there seems to be some method to what some people would call this madness. Now, before you go, you know, pointing your finger and calling names at, at Joe Biden and the Democrats and all these... Take a listen to this little piece. By the way, uh, Dr. Lott, this all comes from that uh, bipartisan uh, gun safety uh, legislation, which was passed with uh, several Republicans, I believe, uh, supporting it. Not, not conservatives necessarily, but uh, with some Republican support. Is that right? Both the House and the Senate, there was like 14 or 15 uh, Republicans in both chambers that voted for the bill. Uh, John Cornyn, uh, Republican senator from Texas took the lead in terms of negotiating it. One of the things in there is that uh, they forbid federal funding for any training uh, that involves dangerous weapons. And given that the average school gets about 8% of their money from the federal government uh, and that they're threatening to take away all that money if in fact a school has a riflery team or archery team or whatever, uh, you know, it's very likely that you're going to eliminate uh, those types of programs at uh, schools across the country. Now, do you know why I say a pox on all their houses? When you hear about bipartisan legislation, it generally means that both sides are coming for your wallet or your rights. The legislation that the ATF is trying to use as a justification for these infringements on your rights was supported by both Democrats and Republicans. Not the majority of Republicans, but sure, plenty of them. 
it's why I do not support parties. I support individuals. And uh, yeah, Cornyn, has, and in fact, I don't even support individuals. I tend to support policies. And yeah, sometimes someone like a Cornyn, I can support his policies, and frequently I can't. But I want to go back to this message that, that President Biden is trying to send. What could possibly be the message that he's trying to, to send? And I think um, both the interviewer and Mr. Lott come up with the answer. Is this an effort in your estimation, Dr. Lott, of an attempt by the Biden administration to end the American culture of legal gun ownership? The only interpretation I can get is what you're saying, and that is that they want to make it so that uh, people don't get used to using anything from bows and arrows to, uh, to rifles. And that to me is the answer. The message that Biden is trying to send is give up your guns. He, he's even threatening to take funding away from schools if they have an archery team. I, I remember doing archery in, in physical education in high school. They want all federal money pulled for that. Well, there's the bribe. The federal money, the federal government should be giving them that money anyway. So what's the logical conclusion? What is the, the facts that are in evidence that, that, that is Joe Biden, that leads the conclusion of Joe Biden's message he's trying to send? No defense for you. You are not allowed to have weapons. And the reason I think is quite simple. I don't know any tyrant that wants a people that can defend themselves against the tyrant. That's what the gun grabbers want. They'd want you defenseless before not just the criminal, but before the government tyrant. And guess what? If you won't comply voluntarily, well, they'll create rules. And again, not just rules about guns, rules about every aspect of your life. For example, the, the Federal Department of Energy, another illegal agency, right? Doesn't legally exist. Man, uh, regulating energy is not a power delegated to the United States. Well, they've proposed a new rules ba back in July. And they want to, quote, prescribe energy conservation standards for various customer products and certain commercial and industrial equipment, uh, including consumer water heaters. That's right. The federal government wants to tell you what water heater you can use in your home. It's bad enough they tell you what toilets you can use, what light bulbs you can use. Now they want to tell you what cars you can use and what, what stoves you can use, what uh, lawn equipment you can use. They want to control everything, every aspect of your life they want under their thumb. Why? Because then they get to set the agenda. What if you don't want to get that water heater that really doesn't work very well? Whether that's because you know you've you're uh, got a larger family or you have greater water capacity needs and that doesn't work, or maybe because the electricity to heat the water is three times more expensive than doing it on on propane or natural gas. So you don't no, the government doesn't want to allow you. Now listen, if if the energy standards of water heaters was all that important to the American people, you know what they would do? They would buy the water heaters that were more energy efficient. And the manufacturer would realize, listen, this line of water heaters is selling. That line is not. How about we spend less time trying to build those that are not selling and we buy the ones that are selling? The problem is these tyrants don't want you to have a choice. They want to tell you, you can choose anything you want. It's, it's the old Henry Ford principle, right? You can have any color model T you want as long as it's black. That's literally what they're doing. 
They don't want you to have a choice. They want to dictate to you what your choices will be. And it's not just water heaters, and it's not just vehicles. It goes right down to who you can vote for in office. I've talked about this before, about primaries. In fact, I'm thinking I might do a whole article on primaries in the near future. Uh, if you'd like that, please let me know. It's, it's you know, I, I like to, to provide information I think people will find useful. Um, but it's all about controlling you, telling you what you can do and how you can act. Now, uh, Andy Ogles of Tennessee has filed a bill to prohibit such a proposal, but the very fact that the government is fighting about this shows that uh, the Constitution is ignored routinely in Washington, D.C. by both sides. Now, I have to take another break. Before I go, though, you know, every day I go through hundreds of news articles looking for material for the website or for this radio program. One of the places I go every day is AmericaOutloud.news, and you should too. It's a great place to get the news and information of what is going on, but I want you to do more. Don't simply go there, but share. Find the articles, the stories, the podcasts, the things that really speak to you, that you think are important, and share them. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how you help to secure the blessings of liberty. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You have rejoined the Constitution study today. We're noting that facts are stubborn things. You know, there's a saying I've heard since my youth, don't judge a man until you've walked a mile in his shoes. The idea is, your point of view and someone else's point of view are probably going to be drastically different. They're going to be based on different experiences, different education. So you should consider why another person thinks the way they do. There have been certain things that have been, well, 
almost universally thought of as, as protect good and protected in this country. Things like freedom of speech. Now, what brought this to my attention is Real Clear Politics did a poll and where they found that 9 in 10 voters in the U.S. think the First Amendment protections for freedom of speech is a good thing. Now, okay, what, 9 in 10? Um, maybe a little bit more refined than that. But here's what's interesting. They said only 9% think it's a bad thing. Now, that to me is interesting. And it's interesting for a couple of reasons. But what's, the, the, the first I want you to recognize is Think of all the censorship that's been going on, all the calls for, um, you know, you're not allowed to say that, uh, deplatforming, misinformation, disinformation. It sounds like it's a widespread issue, but it turns out that only about 9% of the people, less than 1 in 10, think that the protection of freedom of speech is a bad thing. But remember, I said we need to walk a mile in someone else's shoes. So let's break this information down, and, and Real Clear Politics did. Uh, for example, uh, quoting from the, the, the article, those under 30 are most open to censorship by government, stating that 42% of this cohort deemed it more important to them that government protect national security than guard the right to free expression. Hmm. While those over 65, um, that was only 26%. Very interesting. You're telling me two out of every five people under the age of 30 think government censorship is more important if it's meant to keep them safe. They'd be willing to give up their freedom of speech. Not only that, they'd be willing to take away the freedom of speech of others so that they feel safe. Why is Benjamin Franklin coming to mind? Those who will give up essential liberties for the promise of temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. But even those over 65, a quarter of them believe that national security should supersede freedom of speech. Now, I'm wondering, because a lot, again, we're dealing with lies, darn lies, and statistics. How was that question asked is important. Are you talking about the divulging of state secrets, like, uh, you know, our military positions and, and stuff like that? Or are you simply talking about well, um, we think people will get mad at us if we say certain things, like, you know, we'll, we'll think the Muslims will attack if we draw pictures of Muhammad, so you shouldn't be allowed to draw pictures of Muhammad. Those differences are very important. Here's another set of differences. When asked if they would support free speech, even if it's deeply offensive, 78% of men answered yes, while only 66% of women said yes. But another difference obviously comes down to politics. Well, for example, 74% of Republicans and 61% of independents say that legal, I'm sorry, speech should be legal under any circumstance, while 53% of Democrats agree. Now, author, uh, uh, majorities of all three groups agree that the news media should be able to report on stories they believe are of national interest. Uh, a majority of Democrats, 52%, approve of the government censoring social media content under the cry of protecting national security. Among, Amer among Republicans, that is only a third. They were also read the one of my favorite statements, right? I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Only 31% of Democrats strongly agreed with that, 
Well, 51% of Republicans strongly agreed with that. Uh, Three-fourths of Democrats believe that government has a responsibility to limit hateful social media posts, while Republicans are roughly 50-50. But here's the one that really caught my attention. Nearly one-third of Democrats, 34%, say Americans have too much freedom. By the way, 14.6% of Republicans agree that Americans have too much freedom. Now, Republicans say, uh, 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 sorry, 46% of Republicans say Americans have too little freedom, while only 22% of Democrats say they have too little freedom. Now, if I may put some analysis, this is some of my analysis on this, uh, you'll notice a couple things. While there is a dramatic divide between the the two parties and the independents, they tend to make sense logically. You see, if Democrats, the, the modern Democratic Party is very much interested in collectivism. They're not interested in the individual, they're interested in the collective. It's the group, it's the, the association. Um, they also, by the way, are in many ways uh, uh, collectivists, not simply in the grouping of people but in the governing of people. They believe in the, the Marxist communist agenda that the government's job is to control the people. Now, we see that that, that, is, still, that is also true of the Republican Party, but not to the same extent. But notice what we're talking about, this idea of freedom, of individual rights. Neither side, neither of the major political parties, not even the independents, have this belief in the right of the individual. It's, it's, it's tempered in many ways. Now, while I'm sure a lot of people will say, well, see, if you're a Democrat, you're a socialist, um, I look at it differently. I look at it to be, if you believe in, the, in, in socialist, collectivist, communist uh, uh, societies, you tend to gravitate to the Democratic Party, which is why voters of that political party are you know think you have too much freedom that you're 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 allowed to speak too much and that government should be able to regulate what you speak at least what you say at least on certain platforms. See, these are facts that are hard to get in the way of, or you know, hard hard to refute. They're there. You can double check the uh, the the thing. In fact, I'll even put the link to the Real Clear Politics uh, uh, article on there on this in the uh, show notes when they post on AmericaOutloud.news. So what I see from this research is Americans, you know, Americans used to be very independent, and a lot of Americans are giving up their independence. They're giving up their rights in order to, be, to feel safe. And they have found a home, these collectivists, the, these people that don't treat you as an individual, but as some, a part of some collective, they have found a home in the modern Democratic Party. Doesn't mean I like the Republican Party any worse, because look at any better. They look at the numbers. They're still not great. I mean, 14% of Republicans believe you have too much freedom. Think about that for a second. Uh, about a third of Republicans and independents believe that the government should be regulating social media posts. They should be able to deplatform or, or, or censor information on social media. 
and almost half of Republicans disagree with the sentiment, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Far from the bastion of freedom and liberty, the Republican Party is not, it's not what they are. They're less collectivist-minded, but they're still pretty collectivist-minded. I've got some other articles, and, and, and these are smaller bits I want to take real quick shots at. Uh, for example, Treasury Secretary Yellen um, announced from the Treasury, for the Treasury Department uh, their attempt to implement, um, how do I put this, uh, the, the, the climate agenda into financing and, and, and investment. That's right. They want your bank to be more worried about the climate than they are about actually taking care of your money. Just another example of ESG being pushed by a government agenda. Uh, this one was, I found a little interesting. Uh, and I, I have to tell you, I have a relationship to this. See, there's a group here in Tennessee called the 917 Society. I love the 917 Society. I support them uh, in, in what they do. They're, they're trying to put constitutions in the hands of every eighth grader in the nation. Well, apparently they, they, they're in all 50 states, but although not in each of the counties, and um, apparently they had an issue in, of all places, Texas. Uh, it, it's the, I think it's the Laird Independent School District. They sent a copy of the, the, the constitutions they hand out to the, they want to hand out their children to get permission to do so in the school, which replied in a, an email and said, after reviewing the pocket constitution you dropped off for us, we cannot allow you to distribute them at our schools. It's against our policy. The materials contained advertisements that would present, prevent the district from maintaining a position of neutrality or political or religious issues, or would create an appearance of favoritism in political or religious issues. Uh, we appreciate your desire to support our schools. We simply cannot approve this donation. Now, again, I've worked with the 917. So I've handed out their constitutions. Uh, they do not include advertisements, I'm pretty sure, and they don't have a religious bias. They, they include um, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and uh, the Citizenship Oath, the oath that every new citizen has to take when they are naturalized. Well, apparently this news got to Governor Abbott, who sent a, uh, uh, a note to this school district, which quickly changed their minds. So I want you to understand, facts are important. Documenting, wait a second, you're saying we can't get, hand out constitutions? because you find them to be religious? Um, I don't know. We'll see. But it's something, again, there are people out there who believe that the Constitution is so religious and divisive that students should not be exposed to it. Um, and if you want to learn more about the 917 Society, please go to 917society.org. That's the numerals, 917society.org. I fully support the work that they're doing. I've met and talked with many of their leaders. It is truly an organization doing some great work. Uh, let's look at an organization doing some not-so-great work. Uh, they, they claim to have great ideals, but not-so-great work, and that's Black Lives Matters. Now, since BLM got going about 10 years ago, and I'm reading an article out of Hot Air, um, the 200 fewer people have been killed by police over those 10 years. So can BLM say, yay, we saved 200 lives? What about the rest of the story? You see, there are other impacts of the Black Lives Matter movement. According to one study, the findings of the event study suggest that BLM protests 
led police departments to pull back from interactions with the public and obtain body cameras, leading to increased crime and decreased police killings. Specifically, over the five years after local BLM protests, property crime arrests decreased by approximately 12%, while reported murders increased by roughly 11.5%, which is over 3,000 additional homicides. Moreover, the property crime clearance rate experienced a sharp decline of around 8%. These statistics are not only alarming, but offer compelling evidence of a substantial decrease in police activity. And I have one more for you. This one actually reminds me of Bastiat's theory of stupidity, where he states, Against stupidity, we are defenseless. Neither protest nor the use of force accomplish anything here. Reason falls on deaf ears. Facts that contradict one's prejudgment simply need not be believed. Well, that to me describes Paul Krugman. Yeah, I know he's, I think he's been a Nobel Prize winner. I know he's graduated. He's supposedly a really intelligent economist, but to me, he's been, in t he's been uh, educated into imbecility because apparently he insists that the, the economy is right now is surreally good. Uh, for example, census data showed that the median household income fell from $76,330 last year to $74,580, fell $1,800 in just one year. But according to Paul Krugman, quote, this is an, he told a New York Times columnist, quote, the economic data have been surreally good. Even optimists are stunned by how quickly and painlessly inflation has come down. All I can think of is uh, uh, Adam Savage from uh, uh, Mythbusters. I reject your reality and substitute my own. But let's face it, facts matter. The fact is, inflation today is still higher than when Biden took office. That the decrease in the median household income exists. That gas prices are still higher, energy prices are still higher. Now, do we lay all of this at the feet of Mr. Biden? Not, not we shouldn't, right? We shouldn't. But to claim that 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 uh, our, that afflate, that the people are are amazed are stunned by how quickly inflation has come down to say that is one thing to say that that uh, the the economic data is surreally good that's something completely different that that is completely ignoring the reality of the country maybe the economic data for for uh, Mr. Krugman is really good making he's making a lot of money uh, with his books and his speeches and his you know uh, the communicating with his sycophantic followers. Maybe. Maybe it's really good because in his mind, government has more power, and that's a really, really good thing over the economy. But again, facts matter. And if you can sit there with a straight face saying that the economy is surreally good, I question what's going on between your ears. Maybe you're just not looking beyond your toes. That That's something that a lot of people do. Right? They can't seem to look beyond what impacts them. When they're doing good, the world is good. When they're doing bad, the world is bad. Um, it's a very human and very narcissistic way of looking at things. But facts matter. Facts are stubborn things. And knowledge of the facts are not power. I know I'm contradicting a lot of people that say knowledge is power. It's not that knowledge is power. 
Knowing these facts is not power. It's doing something with it. It's looking at a Paul Krugman and saying, really, have you read Bastiat? Are you just going to ignore facts that, that contradict your statement? Are you going to look at uh, at, the, at these politicians and say, you know what? Yeah, go ahead and do what you do because the fact that the Constitution says you can't doesn't really matter. We must do something with it. We must act. Now, hopefully, I gave you some ideas of how you may act today. Hopefully, you'll come back every weekday so you can listen to the Constitution study at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard in the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, well, maybe you'll join the podcast. Every episode goes to podcast generally a day or two after it's heard on the radio. You can listen in your favorite podcast app. But I'm going to ask you to do something. Again, knowledge is not power unless you put it into action. So I want you to to share the, I want you to subscribe to the podcast. I want you to rate the episodes. I want you to let other people know about it. I want you to go to americaoutloud.news, find the links on the homepage for the radio program, for the podcast, for all of it. And then I want you to share that. If we wish to live free, if you wish to share the blessings of liberty, you can start by sharing those links, sharing this information, and putting power to the knowledge of the truth.